Good evening, everybody. Oh, you guys sound like you need a little lunch today or something. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Okay. Good afternoon, I should say. Not quite evening yet. Um, this is the second part of our Dentist on the Frontline um, presentation. This morning we did in-office type of, of you know, what we do in the office, how we minister to our patients in the office, how we present Christ in the office. And this afternoon we're going to talk somewhat more about mission trips and how the Lord has used us or can use us in a special way to, to minister to people in the mission field or outreach also. Excuse me, Linda. Could you get Eric for me? He's part of this too. Eric Rivas. Okay. And so it's called Dentists on the Frontline and Ministry Part 2, Mission Trips and Evangelism. And we'll have Dr. Beckemeyer will give us some presentations of what he's done in his um, mission trips, his outreach ministry. And we'll have Andrea Lewis. Dr. Lewis, talk, tell us also about, she just came up from mission trip and going on another one too, you know, and how God has used her in a special way. And uh, we'll have Eric Rivas. He is from, he's a resident in um, Lansing, Michigan, at University of, of Michigan, of Michigan State University, and he's going to let us know about how the Lord is using him to do outreach ministry through his practice and in the community. And then we have Dr. How do you pronounce the last name? Dr. Yu? Yes. He is, um, Dr. Beckhamer is going to introduce him more officially, and he's going to tell us about some mission um, work across the, around the world. And um, so... Let's bow our heads as we invite God's presence with us. Our kind Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love, your watch, care, your protection over us today, and for this wonderful group of, of physicians, dentists, and dental and medical students who have come out to learn more about ministry for you. Continue to open our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your word. Give us the desire to step out in faith and allow God to use us to do wonderful things to hasten your coming. These mercies we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. God is calling each of us to be interns of the great physician. And in Matthew 9, 37, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. So we have a lot of people out here who need to hear about the message of Jesus Christ. And God is calling us not just as dentists or physicians, but we are medical missionaries for him. And we have a great work to be done. And we went on a mission trip. In fact, Andrew went on that trip with us to Trinidad um, to work with the Hindu Indians last year. And we went with the Loma Linda medical team. With, um, and these are some of the students here who, have, who went with us. And... Uh, we saw how many people a day, Andrea, quite a few, didn't we? I mean, in overall, we, I guess we must have seen about 1,200, 1,500 people the entire week. And uh, um, this young lady who went with me right here, she's a patient of mine to the left right here. And she was so impressed by what happened in Trinidad that she, um, she decided that she wanted to become in, go in the dental field. And she's, a, she's in dental hygiene school right now. 
She applied to dental hygiene school, got in, and she's so excited. In fact, and we're doing some Bible studies with her also. That trip just changed her life totally. And so God, God can use us to witness to our staff, to, our, to other people in the office, and to our patients also. And that's my wife, Linda. She's helped out in, in triage and helped out with um, our mission trip down there. And I'm working on one of the patients here, getting him numb. He had a, a, a tooth that was, had been aching for, he said, about six months. And he was just hurting and got, got no relief. So he came in and we did an extraction on him. We have some of the Loma Linda hygiene students here doing some, um, doing some cleanings. And we, we didn't have any fancy dental portable chairs or whatever. We just used whatever we had and regular chairs, beds, whatever. And the Lord blessed us and used us to do, do great things for him. Some more of the dental students here working with the um, dental team. And some patients waiting to be seen there. Some of those sites we went into, people were waiting for hours before we got there. We'd get there like probably 9, 10 o'clock. And people would be there since probably 6, 7 o'clock in the morning waiting. 50, 60, 100 people. Um, a lot of them in pain. And... Uh, God just used us. I mean, we were dead tired when we left in, in the evening, but it was, it was a, it, you felt rewarded that you were able to help someone. And uh, I remember this situation right here. These were some people who were sitting all day and we could not see them at the end of the day. And that really hurt inside to have people who needed to be seen. I mean, and we just were so tired. We just were, you know, it just was impossible to see them. And uh, some of them actually left and went to the other site that we were going to the following day. Travel probably over an hour to get there just to, so they could be first in line, so they could be seen the next day. And um, these are some big containers that collect rainwater. Some of these places don't have natural underground water like we have. They collect rainwater from the, you know, and they, we use the, we went and took buckets and filled them up so we could have things to, so the patients could spit and uh, there was no other running water available. So we had those open clinics outside on the, on the tents. This little girl had rampant caries and there were several little girls like her and there's not a lot of fluoride in the water down there or natural fluoride or they don't add any fluoride to the water. So a lot of these kids don't have, have poor dental hygiene. I've never seen a dentist before. These Hindu Indians, some of them. So this little girl was, was, has been hurting for, for months. So I felt kind of sad for her, sorry for her. So I told her mother if she wanted to be seen, I could have her come to the United States and we can, we, can, we can do some extensive work on her. So her mother called me when I got back. I gave her my number and we, we made arrangements to have her come to Children's Hospital in Michigan. And her mother brought up to Children's Hospital and they put her in a special program. And they were able to, to fix all her teeth and do some, do some um, extensive work on her, do some root canals and and build those teeth up, put some temporary crowns on those teeth for her, get her out of pain. And her mother was so happy and that we could do this for her. And, um, and we had some 
10 clinics here where patients would, we put tents out. And remember this one day it rained and rained almost all day. And uh, as we were working on patients, we were getting wet because the rain was hitting us in the back. But we didn't want to stop because it was, I mean, there were probably 100 people to be seen, 200 people to be seen. So we just kept on working until God finally stopped the rain in the afternoon sometime. We were able to continue working without getting wet. And we traveled around in those little maxi taxis. We had, what, five of those, Andrea? I think five of those maxi taxis that took us all around and to different sites. We had a group of how many? About 60 of us? No? 65 of us. And so we divided it into three groups and went to three different sites every day. And the maxi taxis will take us to different sites and we will, in different parts of the island, remote, well remote places. Some places had swamps, didn't have any, any running water and a lot of mosquitoes, you know? But a lot allowed us to, to, to work on, on some of these people. Ellen White says, there are in all cities thousands who have the fear of God before them, who have not bowed the knee to Baal. It is because so many of these are in lowly circumstances that the word does not, world does not notice them. But though hidden in the highways and hedges, these are seeking God. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for me? God is not calling us to be medical professionals, but to be medical evangelists. There are so many souls dying without a knowledge of the saving love of Jesus Christ. So, who is going to do it? If not us, who? If not now, when? So, things are pretty tough out there, aren't they? How many of us here have gone on a mission trip? Okay. Did, did, did you feel rewarded that, that the Lord allowed you to use you to do a great work for him? And it's just a sense inside that you feel that God is using you in a special way. We are living in a pivotal time in the history of the world. We are all, we, with all the moral chaos, the natural disasters, the financial devastation, millions of people around us are treading the waters of life with little hope of survival. In such a time as this, when there is so much need and desperation, God is positioning us as medical professionals to be a beacon of hope and blessing to those in need. God is calling us as dentists, physicians, and medical professions to go, in, to go into the mission field. So let's talk about, let, let's have some of the our other healthcare professionals come up and share with us what, how the Lord has, I'll ask Andrea to come up first and tell us, first of all, this is very special. Andrea was in Pathfinders, right? How many years ago, Andrea? <laughs> about 12 years ago or whatever 15, 15 years ago 20. yeah she lived in Michigan at one time yeah. right and in and, and the um, Great Lakes area see the lake and she used to go on mission trips with Pastor Dodge and Dr. Beckemeyer <laughs> as a pathfinder and probably had no interest in dentistry at the time but because of that program where they went every year to, to um, Dominican Republic, right? She developed an interest in dentistry. 
And there were some other dentists who helped her, m motivate her, and, 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 and mentor her. And as a result, she went into normal dental school and became a dentist. And she is, has a passion for, for mission work. And I'll put up her um, PowerPoint right now, and then she can let us know How the Lord is using her in a special way. Okay, Andrea. Yeah. Can everybody hear me? Well, this is probably one of my favorite things to do is talk about mission trips because I love going on mission trips. Anybody that knows me loves that I like to do at least, if I can, do at least one every year. And the Lord is actually blessed that I was able to go on, well, almost ready to go on two this year. I'm going to be leaving um, in about five days to go on another trip here in about five days. But like Dr. Lawrence was saying, I did get into the mission field work through um, Pathfinders. And I grew up in Michigan. Um, I wasn't born there, but I grew up in Michigan. And I knew I wanted to be something medical. My dad's actually a physician. I thought, okay, doctor, you know. And then I went on these mission trips with the teen mission group when I was around 12 or 13 years old. I started going on these trips. And I was like, I really like this. You know, this hands-on, you know, you see immediate results. You know, I really like the tools and all the supplies and everything that we took with us. And through that um, experience, I was able to actually get into dentistry. I had a really good dentist in Michigan who I would go you know, see once a year for checkups and I had a good experience with him. So that's how I got into doing these trips. But um, um, through that, I was able to go through school. I went to Loma Linda and um, I've been out in this area since I went to school at Loma Linda. Um, but I'm gonna share with you a few things here from my trip last year. Um, well, first I'll start with the trip I just went on. Um, there's a group um, primarily out of the East Coast called United Hands, and they're healthcare professionals um, based out of, um, okay. It's based out of mostly Florida, I think. Yeah, Florida. Florida, yes. And I was invited to go with Loma Linda in that group last year, and I went with um, them, and I met Dr. Lawrence actually last year. We went to Trinidad, and then this year they went again on a trip down to the Caribbean. We went to St. Kitts and Nevis. And it was actually a lot of fun because um, not only did I get to go on this trip again with this group, it was a very well organized trip. And anybody can actually go, if you're interested in going, just talk to one of us about this trip and the group that we went with. But my mom actually went, it was like her very first mission trip. So she got to get in there and she didn't want to be my dental assistant, unfortunately. She didn't want to get in there, but she was able to help with um, crowd control and registration and other things. But I, my mom did go on, on the trip with me and she's gonna go again next year when we go to um, St. Vincent. But this is um, the beautiful island of St. Kitts. And the trip was in July and August of this past year. This is our group that we went with. Um, the nice thing about the group is that um, not only are there um, people that are healthcare professionals that go, 
but there's also families that get to go on these trips. And this past trip, we took a lot of um, young people with us. They had a team of um, um, eye doctors that came from Texas, and they brought um, Adventists and non-Adventists alike. So it was a very nice mix of people, and the, um, it was a good witnessing tool also. Um, part of that group was divided into what we call the dental team. And I, um, unfortunately this year, I did not have any Loma Linda students with me. So I was the only dentist that went, but I was able to train um, people that were in the group um, to work with us. And we also had some medical students that were in school down there in the medical school there that I also got to train that were able to do basic dental treatment for some of the patients. And that was nice to have them with us on um, three of our four clinics down there. And this is our waiting room um, in the government hospital where we worked. Um, we had lots of people waiting outside the door, um, could barely get through the door, but they were um, waiting out there before we would get to our clinic every morning. And the waiting room was packed like this pretty much the whole day. So unfortunately we had to turn people away, but luckily we were in the site for actually three days. So we got, we got to see the same people or they could come back if they didn't get seen the, the day before. <clears throat> Um, this is just um, treating. We were able to use some of their dental chairs there. So we were able to um, have somewhat of a um, setup. We also used the hallway at times to see more patients. Um, we worked with some of the Adventist churches there. So at one of the Adventist schools, we were able to have our meals there and they had someone that cooked for us, which was very nice also. This is the Adventist primary school. They're actually building um, onto the building. We had nice, nutritious meals every day. Uh, these are just some of the patients. Um, this is one of my um, favorite patients of the trip. I really enjoy seeing children. It's one of my favorite things to do in dentistry. And this little boy came um, in. I think he was having um, a toothache on his front two teeth. And he was about six, so they're getting ready to fall out. So we said, we'll just pull them a little early. You know, he'll have his adult teeth coming in pretty soon. So we pulled them and then he left. He didn't cry at all, which was actually really interesting. A lot of the, the children I see here usually will cry when they get shots and stuff, but the little boy didn't cry. And then he came back the next day with his mom and they wanted to take pictures and they came to say thank you. So that really meant a lot to me. It was very nice seeing him again. He had a big smile on his face the next day. Um, we were able to take, um, take um, equipment with us from Loma Linda so we were able to have, you know, suction and other, other things. I'm having some trouble with my slides here. I'm sorry, I keep going back. Um, but this girl, she um, would go, her parents actually helped organize the trip and she actually was influenced by working in the dental clinic with us this year. Now she wants to go into dentistry. Mm -hmm. She's still 15, she may change her mind, but it was very nice to um, have her there and teach her everything I could about learning to be a dentist. So it was kind of a fun thing. Um, we had some of the Adventist churches there that took us around and helped us with transportation. This is just in the hallway. Oops, sorry about that. That was in the hallway of the clinic that we worked in, the government clinic. Um, this girl right here, she was 12 years old, and or she is 12 years old, and she came into the clinic. Sorry about that. Okay. She came into the clinic. Um, she was very sad because... She fell at school, I think, and she broke her front um, two teeth, and her friends were teasing her because, you know, they're like, oh, you look funny, and they, you know how 12 and 13-year-olds are. So they were teasing her, and she came and she's like, well, can you do anything? My teeth look awful, and my friends are teasing me, I don't have any money to go to the dentist. 
So luckily we had um, composites with us, which are the white fillings, and we were able to restore her teeth back to normal. She does need braces, but we were able to restore it back so at least she has teeth that look um, um, properly shaped and full size so her friends are not teasing her anymore. And she was Extreme very happy makeover. about that. Huh? Extreme makeover. Yes. <laughs> so we were able to do that. Um, it's also nice, this is kind of how I got into to dentistry. I was able to, on my trips when I was a teenager, um, do hands-on in the dental field down there. So I was able to um, let this um, lady, her name's Lisa, she's actually a mother of two and she's from New Jersey, but she was my group leader on my trip last year and then I begged for her to be my group leader again this year to help organize our clinic. And she, she's actually sitting to be a nurse, but she's like, oh, I want to pull a tooth. I never pulled a tooth before. So I kind of loosened it up for her and I was like, okay, you know, go in there. So she was actually very happy to be able to pull her first tooth and she got really excited about that. And the patient was definitely happy to get the painful tooth out also. Um, this picture is actually taken from, sorry about that, our clinic in Nevis. We were in Nevis, which is a small island off the coast of um, St. Kitts. For one day, we took the ferry over there and took all our equipment, and we worked out of a church office over there. So that was kind of an interesting experience. It was actually the most comfortable chair I've ever worked in in my whole life in doing dentistry. It was a nice back. I could just lean back. There was a cool breeze coming in the window, so it was very comfortable. But um, we don't really have that here, unfortunately. Um, this is just one of my patients. She um, just wanted to take a picture with me after the treatment. And then we had a lot of people um, very grateful. Actually, they're holding a, a thank you sign there. But we were able to help a lot of people, and it was very rewarding to be able to go over there and make a difference um, in the lives of people over there. Um, this is just another picture from the ferry ride back. And then a couple pictures here. This is, um, I think Dr. Lawrence had mentioned that we went out into the, to the, um, I just stop this. Okay, Dr. Lawrence had mentioned that we went out into some of the rural areas in Trinidad, and I was very impressed by the last day where we went out into about three-hour drive out into the, into the, um, I think it was the east eastern side of the island, and this was a picture that I took actually, and um, I want to say it's like my favorite place on earth, but it it was very beautiful there because it it was an area where you saw a lot of beauty, but then right like a mile away from that area, there was just so much need of the people. And it was just amazing to see like this beauty. You think, oh, it's a resort, it should be right here. But then it was basically an empty island, lots of palm trees, very beautiful. And there's a lot of need. So my, my hope one day is to set up a dental clinic out in this rural area of Trinidad to um, help the people out there because there's no dentist out in that area at all right now. Um, this is our team from last year. We had about 65 people. And the people in blue are the Loma Linda students that came along to help. It was very nice having um, that as part of our trip. This is Dr. Lawrence on our first day of clinic. Uh, we saw lots of children. And there's just some more work pictures there. And we even had helpers. We, was able, we were able to have some of the um, children that were, their parents came along on the trip and they actually wanted to help out. So they would hold the flashlight for us so we could see or they would wash instruments and they were always willing to help. It was very nice having them. They were about seven and I think five years old was Zachary at that time. And we also had a medical and optical team also I think with us that year. This is just an example of some of the housing that you would see. Um, very rural area, not very much running water. Um, 
a very need, needy area, but we were able to make a difference in that area. And then we made some friends. The kids were able to make friends and um, give out balloons and toys. And this is one of my favorite verses found in Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He shall be my, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And that's our challenge for today. Does anyone have any questions? Nope. What was the most rewarding thing for you in, in both trips, Trinidad and St. Kitts? I mean, Mm, I think the the main thing as far as reward in general probably just taking someone out of pain. Like let's say there's someone that comes in with a toothache. They've had this toothache for years or months or weeks or even just a few days. And you know, when you do have a toothache, it's a big it's a big thing. It can definitely ruin your day. It was very rewarding to have someone go through the experience of getting their tooth taken out or fixed and then they were expecting it to be a really bad experience but then they ended up having it not be as bad as they thought but then they ended up having no pain after so i think that was probably the biggest the biggest thing for me on the trips mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then of course it's kind of a toss-up between that and just seeing the smile on the kids faces i really like working with kids and just seeing them and interacting with them and teaching them how to like just do basic things like brushing and flossing and that that was also very rewarding so mm -hmm. it's kind of a toss-up between the two <laughs> yep Thank you so much, Dr. Lewis. Yep. Appreciate that. And, and the trip we go on every year is with United Hands. And um, as Andrew would tell you, it's, it's very, um, very organized. They take care of all the details. And so if anybody who ever wants to go on a mission trip with us once a year, United Hands is a great group to be a part of. And Andrea showed you the pictures there of, of, of United Hands and, and what they do. And, um, and you will have a lot of fun. It's like a big family, so you'll make a lot of friends and you'll, you'll spend your days laughing and joking like you're with your family and stuff too. Right. How long does the trip usually last? It's about a week. About a week, probably 10 days at the most. And, and, and they always take time off to, to have a little mini vacation too while you're there for probably about two or three days, either before or after. Right. So it's, that's very rewarding. So I think we'll have Dr. Beckemeyer come up now and share with us some of his working with the Pathfinders, his mission trips, and, and some of the things. And then, then he'll. Computer there, yeah, that would be good. Just a couple of practical things. Um, since I'm in private practice, 
how do I go ahead and justify the time that I take off? Or how much time do I take off during the year uh, in order to be able to take dental missions? Um, and the way that I have figured it out, uh, or the way that I have uh, worked it out for myself, is I believe that our time should be tithed. So if we took the number of weeks during the year and we tithe that, then that's how much time I go ahead and spend for mission work uh, during the year. Now, um, I generally take uh, two to three mission trips across the seas, but then I also go ahead and open up Fridays to go ahead and do uh, dental work for uh, veterans uh, in our community, uh, homeless uh, vets. And I work with uh, residential services uh, and provide dental work uh, for them. And uh, so it ends up uh, being about two to three trips per year. And I go uh, generally anywhere from a week to a week and a half, two weeks uh, uh, on each one of the, of the dental trips. Uh, and the dental trips that I, I had started out with I, from dental school uh, was with Teen Mission Impact uh, with Michigan Conference Pathfinders. And um, I felt very committed uh, to uh, Teen Mission. And ever since I graduated in 95, I've gone every single year uh, except when uh, the, uh, the years when it, uh, it has been canceled. And uh, interestingly enough, when the trips uh, were canceled uh, to go to the Dominican Republic, then other trips would come up, different opportunities, uh, so that uh, we were never without uh, a place to go. Uh, some of the other places that we went to uh, were the Ukraine and also to El Salvador. And in uh, those particular uh, situations, um, we went ahead and took our dental chair, which is in the back there. Uh, it's uh, actually plasticized cardboard. And it folds up, uh, it's 26 pounds, uh, and uh, it has a nice little box there. And it's gone with me on, uh, ever since 1995. And it's held up wonderfully. Uh, and um, the nice thing about that particular chair uh, I don't know, uh, Dr. Lawrence, uh, after you got uh, back from the dental trip, uh, did you have to go see a massage therapist or uh, a chiropractor? How about you, Andrea? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty stiff. Uh, it, it, what ends up happening is uh, you have a chair like this, and then you bend over them like this in order to be able to treat them, and you're doing that all day long. And so I, I said we had to go ahead and get something different because my back could not handle it. And so from the Christian Dental Society, looked it up online, we uh, were able to buy, uh, purchase that chair for about $250. And uh, it, uh, it's wonderful because it will, um, the largest of patients are amazed that it supports them. They, uh, when we go ahead and put them down on the chair and they kind of uh, squish around and are just a little bit nervous about uh, maybe having dental treatment on a cardboard box, they're amazed that it actually supports them. And so it's really a lot of fun. Plus, uh, when I'm sitting down and I'm treating uh, people on that, uh, uh, with that dental chair, uh, the back pain is a whole lot uh, better. 
This uh, particular uh, outfit right here gives me air water and it also gives me the handpiece and a foot control in order to be able to handle things. Um, this is from, uh, from Bell Dental out of Colorado. Aseptico is another company and I believe Loma Linda probably has some of their kits which uh, gives uh, suction. Uh, they're quite a bit heavier. And the nice thing about this is this is, this is all you need right here is this battery. And you can go ahead and do oral surgery with this and you can do com uh, composites. Mm. That's all you need. Wow. You know, and they even have a little backpack, uh, I mean a, a belt pack that you can put this on and you can just go to, ta uh, go to town. The other thing that I've uh, learned uh, going on these trips, uh, Andrea was uh, talking about uh, having uh, different people hold the flashlight for you. Um, the little uh, flashlights that I've uh, taken with me are the little Max lights. Uh, some of the other ones are called a Scorpion that has a uh, lithium battery and a, um, a kind of a metal halide light give beautiful uh, uh, light. And light is probably the biggest thing that you need. Right, Paul? I mean, uh, if you're working on a particular extraction and you can't see what you're doing, then uh, it could be hours doing just that one extraction. And uh, yeah. Uh, there's, you can get these uh, headlights now. LED. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's what I'm uh, using now. I'm using a LED headlight. And I have a little battery pack that fits on my belt. Uh, belt and that lasts for, uh, I actually have two batteries, one for the morning, one in, uh, for the afternoon. And then I'm good for all day. Uh, and those, uh, the, the biggest uh, stress points are uh, my back, and so I, I bought the dental chair and not having the light. And uh, the other uh, thing that, uh, just kind of a little tidbit, um, when I'm going, I, I wear the scrubs, but underneath my scrubs, I just wear my bathing suit. Because uh, what, is, uh, what is one of the biggest productions that you have during uh, one of these trips? What? Uh, the biggest production that I have uh, during these trips is sweat. Okay. I am just <laughs> drenched. And I, if you looked at me after I have done a triathlon and looked at me after one day of uh, these dental uh, trips, I, I'll look the same. Okay, and I, I'm just, I lose weight, you know, and it's, it's really good for my physique and everything. And that's another reason why to go on uh, one of these uh, dental trips. I mean, it's great for your physique, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so, uh, no, but, um, sure, where's my folder? Here we go. Just the there we go. I've also uh, just just have a um, mission tri uh, trip checklist. These are the, uh, some of the things uh, that I take uh, to go on. Uh, Mission trips, uh, if you're interested. Um, I, I liked it. The first couple of years that I went, the only thing that I did was extractions. And I was really disappointed because these, um, 
these young women would come in and they would have beautiful smiles, but they would have huge cavities right in the uh, front teeth. And I, I was really disappointed because the only thing that I could provide for them uh, was to take them out. That's the only thing I could do. Then, uh, one team mission? Yeah, small, yeah. This one? Yep, that's good. Uh, one year, uh, we went ahead and had another dentist from uh, the Jackson area. Uh, he came on the trip and he just brought a bunch of stuff uh, with him, a huge suitcase. And we were kind of scrounging around and lo and behold, we found some root canal uh, files and some root canal uh, drills. Well, uh, we were staying at a basketball camp and the, under uh, the undertaker, the, uh, um, the caretaker's wife uh, would not smile at all. And, uh, you know, we would crack jokes to try and get her to smile and, and so on. She would not crack a smile. And uh, then I said, uh, do you want me to look at your teeth? And I, so I pulled up her lip and here were four huge abscesses on seven through 10. Mm. And uh, so we said, oh boy, this is, uh, you know, uh, we, what are we gonna do? Well, I, before, the only thing that we could do, of course, is to pull them out. We says, I, you know, que necesita sacar, que necesita sacar. And she said, no, 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 uh, no sacar. I don't want those teeth pulled out. I do not, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and deal with the infection. And they were oozing, you know. And so we were scrounging around in these duffel bags. And wouldn't you know it, we found these root canal files and drills. And so for the next two and a half hours, we did four root canals, core buildups, and restored those teeth. So, uh, you know, and, we didn't have any x-ray stuff, okay? And so, okay, how far, what's my working length for, uh, for a central incisor? Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say about 21, 22, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And sure enough, uh, you know, we went ahead and did the root canals. And, you know, sometimes we just have to pray a lot, right. okay? We just have to pray a lot. And so we went up, and we just had a little season of prayer. Uh, and we said, Lord, you know, we're trying to uh, represent you. We're trying to provide the service for this, uh, uh, for uh, this, uh, this lady. You know, where we haven't been able to go ahead and do everything perfectly the way that we normally would over in the States, please go ahead and provide for us. You know, it, just go ahead and fill in so we were coming down from worship and uh, you know, I, I didn't sleep that night. You know, this, this lady could have blown up and, and uh, the whole shot. Come walking down, uh, you know, from, uh, from the little chapel that they had up on the hill. And here is this lady with this huge ear to ear smile, waving and waving like this. You know, she was just so excited because her husband was making fun of her. And there's a certain amount of respect that a woman would have if she is a beautiful woman. And if she had all of her front teeth removed, then she loses that respect from her husband and she had lost some of that respect. And here she was waving, she had gained her respect back. She was smiling from ear to ear. 
could not get her to stop smiling. She was so happy. This is uh, just some of the Um, I'll, I'll kind of go through these kind of fast. These are um, the cooking resources. Um, before the trip, there's a lot of planning that is uh, necessary. Um, we, we get together with all of the, um, we get together with all of the kids that are going on the teen mission and we have a OSHA orientation, okay? It's very important in order to be able to do that with some of the people that are not dental because they don't realize the, the, the need to do, have particular procedures and systems in place. What do I do with the needles? What do I do with the extracted teeth? What do I do with the, the bloody gauze? How do I handle all of that stuff? And so before every single trip, we have OSHA training. Then there's thousands of medications that are uh, made into unit doses. It almost looks like uh, Halloween candy, doesn't it? When we, uh, what isn't done there, um, and this is what's nice about uh, the Dominican trips, is we have a list of all of our medications. We submit that then to the government, the Dominican Republic, before we ever go. When we submit that to the health department at the Dominican uh, side, then they give us a letter and a stamp from the Minister of Health. And then when we go through customs, we are not bothered. We have the letter. We uh, have listed all of our medications. Uh, we have listed everything that we're bringing in, and we never have to stop uh, in customs. It helps to go ahead and have preliminary work. What we don't uh, do over uh, in the States, we end up uh, uh, finishing up over in uh, the D Dominican. Somebody donated uh, a sharpening, uh, uh, honer sharpening uh, uh, instrument over there. And so here we are sharpening some of our uh, elevators. Give a lot of toys out uh, to the kids. Uh, this uh, is uh, the, the bay at, um, uh, along the Caribbean beach. And just imagine these buildings not being there. That's what, uh, what it looked like when you were probably going. But then they put up these uh, buildings and they just destroyed uh, the, the landscape. Um, this is the beach uh, where we were at, and up, uh, up the hill uh, is actually the palace where uh, the dictator Torjillo uh, went ahead and uh, that was uh, one of his uh, residences. He owned uh, the property that the camp uh, was on. These are some of uh, our dental clinics. Now, uh, when I go on uh, these dental trips, uh, not only do I wear scrubs, but I also uh, wear the, the blue gowns. And the reason why I, I wear the blue gowns is because I noticed uh, one thing about guys, girls probably never do this at all, uh, but the guys, when they get back and they take off their blue t-shirts, uh, they fold them very neatly like this, okay? And then they throw them underneath their, their beds and, um, you know, all kinds of bacteria. How do you grow bacteria in a warm, dry, damp place? 
And so all of their t-shirts uh, with all the, the garbage, uh, you know, from the day is, is there. And so we wear these, uh, these particular gowns. And this is one of the reasons why uh, we can lose so much weight on these. I think I was the biggest loser. We take their blood pressure um, uh, before uh, extractions. And uh, we have the medical clinic. This is uh, in the dental clinic the eye clinic, uh, and here we go. Uh, somebody is using uh, the, the dental handpiece in order to be able to do an extraction. Uh, a lot of minor surgeries are done. We use the auto refractors to go ahead and uh, uh, determine the prescriptions and some of the areas, and I'll go through this really uh, quick. Do you, uh, do you realize why the Dominican people are so good at baseball? Okay, this guy has just a small, thin mop handle that he's trying to uh, hit the lid of a water bottle, okay? And he hit it out of the compound, okay? This guy is probably gonna be playing for one of the, uh, the uh, major uh, leagues. These are some of the slum areas uh, uh, that we went to. This is our uh, kind of our dental setup. Here's our uh, dental chair. We have uh, the instruments uh, kind of laid out. We have three different bends. How do you sterilize instruments on, on a dental trip? We don't have an autoclave, right? Exactly. So what we do is we have the ivory soap and we wash it uh, with the ivory soap. Then we uh, go ahead and have uh, bleach and it's kind of diluted down about 50-50 because if it isn't diluted down, all your nice shiny instruments are gonna be all corroded. Okay, then you take those and you put them uh, into an alcohol, I put uh, mine in an alcohol bath with a, a lid over top and then uh, I'm calling that uh, sanitized uh, before uh, the next instrument. And I think God does a lot of sterilization. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, angels are there uh, right next to us going ahead and scrubbing the additional bacteria off of the instruments. This is our sterilization. And uh, what's really neat is this uh, camping uh, table. Uh, we just leave that down there and it just uh, folds up into another box like uh, we have back there. And we have something standardized every place that we go. It's the same uh, table and the same chair, and I'll uh, just keep on going really quick here. These are some of the meds. Uh, what you have to really watch out for are the mice, okay? And so uh, when uh, you, uh, you go down there and you have all your medications out uh, at nighttime, be sure you zip them up, okay? Because if you don't, then the mice will get into them, and uh, a mouse was uh, actually uh, chowing down on some of the naproxen. And so uh, when we clobbered it over the head, it never felt a thing. <laughs> the, the mice are ab about that big. You know, I, they're, they're friendly. We, uh, we try and show uh, uh, some of the teens how to go ahead and uh, uh, pull teeth. And so uh, we loosen up the teeth. Okay, and then we place the forceps on top of the tooth. And then if I've done my job uh, right, then as soon as they start to pull the tooth, then the tooth will drop out. Okay, 
And the, uh, the teen will grab the force up and jump up and down. I did it, I did it, I did it. We try and be a little bit more professional, but some of them get very, very excited. <laughs> she pulled her uh, first tooth. Uh, some of the uh, other things that we've taken down there um, uh, more recently is the portable uh, x-ray unit. And this has uh, just been a lifesaver, especially if we've, uh, we're doing root canals or if we're uh, you know, breaking off uh, teeth and the root tips are still up in there, where are they? Uh, we use this. And then we just uh, sh uh, shine them up on the, on the computer. Uh, over in the Ukraine, uh, this is one of the x-rays that we uh, get. Um, over in the Ukraine, it's, it's really great because um, they don't take x-rays after they finish their root canals, okay? Uh, the x-ray is actually extra. So if you want an x-ray after the root canal is done, you have to pay $5 more, okay? That's, that's just part of the deal. Take before? Uh, I, yeah, they do take a before. <laughs> But uh, they don't take one afterwards, and they just go ahead and say, okay, uh, the, the root canal is done. And so we had a lot of interesting root canals, uh, and the people were saying, I just had a root canal done, and my tooth still hurts. You know, what's the deal? And so we would take an x-ray of that, and um, we, would, uh, we would say, okay, this tooth has three canals, possibly four. You have one of them filled. Can you understand why you're hurting now? Take this back to your dentist and have him fill the rest of them, uh, you know, the, the rest of the canals. This was our 25th uh, year of uh, service. Uh, this boy, his name was Dial. Yeah, and uh, he is now about uh, 14 or 15 years old. He's taller than I am now, and he was just a babe uh, in arms when we first started out. Uh, this is some of the things that we see at the market. Some of the uh, gold fillings, no. Uh, uh, this particular uh, year, um, we were actually uh, privileged to be part of uh, the dedication of the first Adventist hospital in the Dominican Republic. And um, this is, I believe, the president of the um, the North American Division. Peeler? I'm sorry? I think it was Alto or something like that. Uh, Dr. Alto. Uh, but it, it could be. Uh, and um, Christine um, Irvin went on some of the first dental trips and now she had returned uh, as a pathfinder and now was returning after, uh, I believe, uh, 20 some odd years. And you could have your picture taken too. <laughs> so um, this was our team uh, for the year and this was the hospital. Very, very nice hospital uh, that uh, right in the middle of town, they had a lot of services. Um, and this was the dedication service. Uh, and right in the middle of the service, it began to downpour. And so everybody is underneath uh, the tents and so on. And this is the ribbon cutting here. 
and the tour of the facility. One of the reasons why we were there is because uh, when we first started coming over there, they did not have a lot of, a lot of medical services. As uh, an influence, uh, because of the influence of the medical trips and then the greater need, uh, and the, uh, they, there was a lot of investment uh, there, and uh, so they started to develop uh, a more um, uh, expansive uh, dental treatment. This was, uh, I mean, uh, medical treatment. This is their cafeteria, their pharmacy. And this was just the uh, party that uh, they had. Uh, I'll probably, Uh, we do have uh, some time off, and this is the sterilization. Hopefully everybody is catching all of this. This is the uh, pharmacy. Um, and um, we uh, would go ahead and uh, sit out on the road. <laughs> And um, we would work for food. You know, if they brought us uh, food, we would go ahead and do a filling for them. If they brought us, uh, you know, maybe a taco or something, it was just a, uh, a fun time. We had a lot of good uh, times and a lot of restful times too. That was the size of the avocados. No wonder we would work for food, huh? These avocados would just melt in your mouth. You probably have them here in California. Um, that size. She is huge. These are the, uh, the barracks uh, from South Camp. They're completely demolished now. And uh, they are, the government is actually rebuilding the whole camp. This was, uh, uh, this was called South Camp. It was kind of like Camp Asabo or uh, do you have a, a camp here, a youth camp? Uh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm sorry? And uh, this is kind of interesting because uh, Torhilo, the dictator Torhilo, uh, had an Adventist wife, okay? And when he was murdered, uh, he had given a particular amount of the properties already to the Adventist church. And this was the property that they gave to, to the church. But uh, because he was murdered and no longer uh, the dictator of the country, then uh, in the court systems they, uh, system, they were saying that uh, this particular transaction was actually null and void. So they had been fighting this for about 20, 25 years. The, the government, the university, uh, over there in Dominican and the Adventist Church, who owns this property. It ended up being that they finally settled it uh, two years ago, and they said that the university actually owned the property, but the Adventists own the buildings. And what the uh, end part of the, uh, the agreement uh, was that the uh, 
government would go ahead and knock down and rebuild all of these, uh, all of these barracks or, or the camp, uh, camp buildings. So that's what's being done now. So when we go over to the Dominican uh, this year, we're going to be going to the North Camp and not the South Camp because they're, uh, they're uh, completing the camp now. So the government actually built, uh, is going to uh, build the camp for us. Mm, that's nice. So uh, these are just some of the trips. This was on uh, the 4th of, uh, I, let's see, January 1st, the, uh, the day after, uh, of course. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, um, partying and they had huge speakers at about the size of this screen right here. And they, uh, they love their music loud. I mean, really loud. Uh, if there was, uh, you know, if you can turn it all the way up and then some more, that's where they would have volume. And that's where they had the volume of these p two huge speakers. And uh, we went up to them and we asked them, you know, is there any way, we prayed <laughs> like crazy because, uh, you know, the music that they were not, uh, that they were playing was not really conducive to a, a, a spiritual nature. <laughs> You know, and, and we prayed about this. Lord, you know, please uh, help us in this, uh, this transaction. Help us to go ahead and work this out so that we can actually glorify you. We went up to the, uh, to the guy that actually had the, the speakers and had the uh, control, and we uh, started to talk to him. He had um, a bunch of cans uh, next to him. Uh, of what he was consuming uh, the night before. And so he was pretty well loaded. Uh, not only was he loaded with alcohol, but he also had uh, weaponry. Uh, on, he had a sidearm, uh, I believe it was a Colt uh, 45. And uh, so we went up and tried to make this transaction. And at first, uh, there was no negotiation. He just turned the music up louder. And uh, we went and, and we we, we prayed about it again, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> the music all, uh, all of a sudden quit, uh, and uh, the rest of the day we had peace and quiet. It, to this day, I don't know what happened. Maybe God went ahead and turned off the electricity because that happens very often over in the Dominican Republic. It, it, but he was not playing his music, and we just praise God for answering those prayers. He helps us in, in every situation. He works through us when we go ahead and step out in faith. Mm. So uh, I'd like to, uh, most of you probably already know uh, Dr. Paul Yu, and you have him come up next. Uh, and yes, let's get Dr. Paul Yu next, and then okay. we'll have Dr. Rivas after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Paul Yu is a recent uh, graduate from Loma Linda. Uh, for all of you that are still students uh, at Loma Linda, there is an end at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And so I just uh, want you to know that uh, we have uh, been able to be successful. Paul uh, turned his life over to uh, Jesus about eight years ago. And when he recommitted his life, I, he uh, started to go ahead and make that direction uh, to um, uh, pursue dentistry, and I'll let him go ahead and uh, take it from there. Sure, thank you. Um, 
I guess I can load up something on the, on the screen, but before that, I guess I just want to say it's an honor to be here, um, to be able to talk about the passion of my life, which is doing medical mission work, um, to be able to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, and to to be a part of the healing and um, the healing ministry, along with uh, bringing hope to lives. And I think that's a privilege that this profession brings. And I'm excited that um, I can be a part of this profession. It's an amazing field um, to be able to work with Christ and to bring, like I said, healing and relief and hope to lives. There's nothing more than I can ask for. Um, I know that many times we can get so busy with our work and, and lives that we really forget the, the, the purpose of, of why we are in this field. Um, I don't think it's by accident. I believe that the Lord has um, given us these skills that we can um, be a blessing to those we come in contact with. And, and we must not forget who brought us um, here. We must not forget the, the profession that um, God created. And, and that no matter how attractive things may be outside of, of church, we must stay true to our calling, and we must learn to distinguish our calling and our, our, our careers. I think we all can have careers in our respective fields, but all of our callings, um, all of us um, should have the same calling, which is ultimately soul winning. Um, and I guess with that, I'll just, sh I, I can kind of go into some slides and some pictures here. So let's see here. Let's, which one? I think it might be, no, it's coming up there. We can just, oops. Let me see. This one right here? Oh, that right here. Mm -hmm. okay. I'll just open it, thank you. Okay, so when I think of these, these trips, um, you know, it's one thing to, to go on these trips and, and to feel good about it, you know. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's a nice thing. I mean, we're not doing anything wrong, but we also must understand that when we go on these trips, it's not just um, providing health care. It's got to go deeper than that. Um, we're not the Red Cross. We're not just some nice humanitarian um, organization. I think we must understand um, why we're doing what we're doing. I think we can lead people to Christ with our, with our healing ministry. And that must be emphasized along with the health care that we're providing. Because if we miss that part, then we miss everything. Because we're not any different than the rest of the world that are doing nice things. Um, when, when I think of the great examples in, in, in the past, uh, I think of Jesus Christ. Um, he was the greatest medical missionary to ever to walk uh, on, on, on earth um, and he gives us an example to follow and as I also look at uh, his disciples um, I'm encouraged to know that Christ can use sinners um, in, 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 his, in his work and I, as I think of um, some of the early Adventist pioneers and their contribution to, to the movement um, I'm also challenged um, challenged because of their commitment, their sacrifice uh, to, to the truth. Um, 
it inspires me to continue on uh, where they left off. And I think um, and it's something that we all must consider. You know, when I gave my life to Christ um, about eight years ago, you know, I committed everything to Him. When I um, committed everything, I, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, it was, everything was new. I had no career. I, mean, I had a career, but it wasn't in lines with what I wanted to do. And when I gave my life over to him, he gave me new dreams, new hopes, new purpose, new everything. And from that point forward, I never looked back. You know, there's a, there's a famous hymn. Um, it goes like, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Um, the world behind me, the cross before me. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. You know, and it's exciting um, because from that point forward, I never did look back. You know, dental school wasn't easy. Um, I feel like I'm the least experienced out of everyone here. And I feel like I'm speaking to or preaching to the choir. You know, everyone's been on trips and it's nothing new. But I, I just want to share my experience and my, my perspective on, on these things, on these mission trips. I've had the fortune to, to be a part of uh, numerous mission trips um, a little before school started and along with uh, as, as a student I've been on numerous trips and it has, it has taken me to many parts of the world you know part of Africa um, to the island of Madagascar which is on the tip of the Horn of Africa along with Eastern Europe to South Asia to Central America to you the know, islands of Philippines just various parts and um, I've been a part of um, long trips like a month long to um, a weekend trip, you know. I've been a part of a big organization, 90 members, all from the United States, not including local volunteers, along with just being by myself. Um, I've been a participant in many of these trips, but I've also led out and organized on some of these trips as well. So I feel like I do have a little to share with, with the, the choir, you know, and and Again, you know, this is my passion. I'm part of the, the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, as a missionary. Um, I'm just waiting for my wife to get done with her residency in ophthalmology, and then we'll be off and fulfilling the dream that God had um, planned for us. You know, this is what motivated us into healthcare, and we want to stay true to what God has called us into. And it's easy to, to get distracted, I know. You know, I won't deny it. You know, it's, it's easy. Um, some people ask, you know, why can't you serve here? I mean, it's true. We can all serve in different parts. And, but if you are called to different places, and you, for us, we feel called to overseas missions, and that's where we want to go. And um, I respect, you know, the local organizations and the local work. We need them. Um, but for me and um, I guess my wife, we are called to overseas, and uh, we want to fulfill our dream in um, living out that, that life. Um, so I guess, you know, I just want to, it's up now, so we'll just go on with, with our presentation. You know, it's a quote that you may have heard. You know, we talk, about, we talk of the second coming, but half the world has never heard of the first. Isn't that so true? Um, you know, we can go anywhere around the world and we'll see the need, whether in San Bernardino to, to the middle of Africa or heart of Bangladesh, you know, you'll see the need anywhere and everywhere we go. You know, a girl I met in Africa, Cameroon, you know, I don't think, you know, she's a Muslim or Hindu. I think a Muslim lady. Um, wherever you go, you'll see need. 
You know, this is in the Philippines. You know, people would just flock to, to, um, to our clinics. I think this is in Honduras. This is in Bangladesh. To some kids, this is in Romania. And what do you do? I mean, I mean, I don't think she's ever seen a dentist. And you know, it's just, how do you get this far? You know, without getting some relief. This is, you know, just beat you on that. And, you know, I don't know if you know uh, Pastor David Ashrick, but, you know, he, he, he presented a message, I think, at the second GYC or the third one. But um, he started off by saying the enemy of future missions is future ambition. And, you know, I, it, it kind of comes very clear to me because um, in many ways it, it is so true. Um, these are some of the, the clinics I've worked out of, you know, it's standard. I'm sure we all have a different way of going about doing things, but you know, your light, your systems, and um, instead of uh, mosquito nets, we just brought our own tents in a couple areas. If we don't have space, we build on the roof, we bring our own tents, brought our own generator for our own power. I realized we didn't want to be limited to um, power or housing, so I started organizing um, a way to, to reach out into the most remote areas, and that is to bring our own housing. We purchased four 10-man tents that can house 10 people really tight, but I mean, it'll house people. Uh, if there's no room, we, built, we put them on the roof, and that's where we sleep. Uh, on this occasion, we had probably 20 people sleeping on, on the roof there. Uh, we, like, and typically, you know, we, we start gathering supplies and equipments and whatnot for, for our trips. We have a couple of these generators, it's portable. It weighs just under 50 pounds, which will pass the, the baggage limit. Um, we even create our own vacuum suction that allows us to do hygiene work without stopping, because that has been the problem, constantly stopping and you know, can't see. And if you have these vacuum suction, we just put a little in high-speed vac tubes in there. Um, it does the work, it's cheap. And this is your standard sterilization equipment. Um, you know, as, uh, as you've seen, this is a digital a nomad. Allows us to get instant um, digital x-rays of, of the condition. I've worked at areas where there's no lights. We only have our own power. We work at night. We have our lights, and we can still do dentistry. Um, and this is at an Adventist clinic out in Madagascar. And this is where, um, I don't know if you know Joseph Bullock. He's an 81 grad. Um, he's... He, I guess, left um, his private practice out in Oregon to, to move out to Madagascar and to work out there. And, you know, in some facilities, you have everything you need. You know, we're doing root canals to, um, you know, other um, restorative work without any major problems. Um, and you can work in warehouses to just classrooms. Um, if you can't afford to bring a, a dental bench or a chair, you know, you have to utilize what they have. And this is some of the things. Um, just working out in a um, um, community center. Um, and this is uh, just a local dentist. You know, all they do is extractions. That's all they can provide. Um, the Adventist Clinic out in Madagascar is probably the best clinic in the country. Everyone looks that to be the example. Um, before the American dentist went there, they were doing dentistry without x-rays, um, filling their root canals just with calcium hydroxide. Um, and nothing more. There's no x-ray, there's nothing. People just get extractions, that's it. And this is a classic example. It just, they call it extraction clinic, and that's when everyone just comes and they just know that the only dentistry available is extraction, and 
Um, and sterilization is horrible too. I mean, you just dunk it in water and that's it. And it's, it's so hard because you know better and you want to educate them, but at the same time, this is the way, that's just the way they do things. How do you change their education overnight? It, it's impossible. They see it. You just don't want to get into that kind of confrontation, you know? Sometimes it's hard. You know better, but as long as you don't do it, you know, because they're just so far behind in terms of their education and the, the training, so. Yeah, and, you know, when you have minivans riding like this, um, I don't know if you know, the man over here, he's putting his head down, that's Dr. Quint Nicola. He's a GC director um, for dental affairs, and I think um, after just riding on the train for eight hours and being on the road for five hours and still it's early morning, you know, we all need, need uh, some shut-eye and he's taking a nap there. Um, and this is a common thing, as you know, with any dental trip, you're gonna always have some setbacks, either flat tires or, or missed flights or just, you know, there's a list of complications that, you know, we can run into and this, this is just something that's not uncommon, um, you know, flights that are delayed, or, but this is kind of the reason why we do it. You know, we have souls to reach. We have children to, to minister to, you know. And this is a Davenist clinic out in Madagascar. We're putting up the sign. Um, he's doing a great work, you know. And that's just kind of my part of the story. And, you know, I hope, you know, we can continue um, working um, for souls um, that we will not forget our, our suffering brethren that are outside of where we live. It's so easy to get distracted, but I feel that we're at, this could possibly be the, the last generation of medical missionaries. You know, if we were to all come together and to, to give um, the way that the disciples and the early pioneers did, I think, I think um, things can happen in, this, in our lifetime, but it really, um, must be a corporate thing, you know, we must work with our churches, with different organizations that are involved in this type of work and to really utilize the, the right arm of the gospel in reaching souls and um, I hope you enjoy the presentation. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're going to have Eric Rivas come up now to close us out and he is a resident physician at um, Michigan State in Lansing, and he's just going to talk about some of the contacts he has through his residency program and, and how God has impressed upon him to see that window of opportunity at all times, because you never know, as, as you know, was said before, this may, we may be the last generation, who knows, and we don't want to allow God to use us in a special way to each other's. Absolutely. Know? Thank you, Dr. Uh, Lawrence. Um, I feel a little bit out of place because um, it sounds like this is uh, completely geared towards uh, dentists and I'm actually a surgical resident at Michigan State University. My background is actually in physical therapy. I did that at Andrews University. I met my wife, Aurelia, sitting back there. Um, and um, I'd like to entitle this last closing portion. It's just going to be five minutes long. I know you guys are probably tired and want to get some movement and a little dinner also. Um, but I'd like to entitle it uh, Opportunities. So I, I think that was very appropriate that you said about opportunities. Um, 
when I uh, was going to uh, physical therapy school, I uh, was, you know, you do the clinicals and everything. And one of the clinicals that I had was at St. Joseph Regional Medical Center in South Bend, if anybody's familiar from uh, familiar with that neck of the woods. And it's a Catholic, obviously, by the name St. Joseph Regional Medical Center. It's a Catholic hospital. And um, I did a, one of my clinicals there. And for whatever reason, I got it in my head that this is where I wanted to work. I said, I told my wife, she was my, my girlfriend at the time. I said, this is where I work. I want to I want to get a job here. And well, why? I don't know. I just, I just want to work there. I want to work in the pediatric uh, department of physical therapy. Um, the point of this uh, part of, um, uh, of my talk is just that um, being that it was a Catholic hospital, I thought that's an opportunity, right? They're Catholic, so they're already preaching or proclaiming a specific religion. So I saw that as an opportunity to talk to people if they were in need, if I saw, mostly at this point, at this level in, in my training was more of an emotional need. You know, there's physical things at which you could address with physical therapy, but really on an emotional level, spiritual level, um, I actually did find several opportunities to talk to people, and I wouldn't feel guilty about it. And I said, if anybody ever addresses it with me, I'm going to say, well, it's a Catholic hospital, so I figured it'd be okay to talk about God here and there. Um, so <laughs> I did have a, the opportunity a couple of times, never got in trouble, thankfully, for that. Um, after a few years of working, I, I approached my wife one day because I would have to, as part of my job, I would drive um, and do home visits. And uh, during that time, I had a lot of time to listen to the radio or do some thinking in the car. And um, long story short, I um, had an epiphany one day and I had been tossing things around in my mind. I had been getting a little bit anxious regarding what I was going to be doing with my life. I'd been working for a couple of years and I wanted a little bit more and I wanted to be more involved and I, I felt a little limited sometimes. Um, which one day I, I showed up at my wife's job. She was a social worker, a me medical social worker at that time at the other big hospital in, in South Bend. And I showed up afterwards to, um, uh, to, the, to her office um, on the way home. And I said, babe, I've decided to study uh, medicine. And uh, she gave me this look like, are you joking? Or are, are you, I mean, am I, I, are you serious? <laughs> and I said, yes, I've decided to study medicine. This is what we're going to do. And... Um, um, being a woman of prayer, she decided to pray for it. Um, needless to say, she was actually praying to God that I would do really, really bad on my MCAT so that I wouldn't go into medicine. Um, <laughs> uh, thankfully, we all saw the light in the end, and um, I guess God had different plans for us. And that brings us to Michigan State. Did my uh, uh, medical training there, and this is just something for all of us. I mean, I've experienced it, but I'm sure all of us in our busy lives experience this as well. We tend to get overwhelmed. We have so much things to do, so many patients to see, so much paperwork to write. Uh, we tend to sometimes lose that focus, and um, I think we lose these opportunities sometimes. And during my medical school training, we had the blessing of uh, uh, some neighbors, the Shaws. They lived right across the street. We had just moved to the Lansing area. We didn't really know anybody. You know, we were still establishing the church family, and we had a newborn girl, uh, Alyssa, our daughter, who's um, with her uncle right now. But she, um, she was... Um, there, my wife and I decided to be stay-at-home parents. And uh, we made friends with some really good Christian people across the street, our neighbors. Um, here's another opportunity. So they decided to invite us to do Bible studies. And we said, great, let's do some Bible studies. So we started getting together with them and you know, doing some Bible studies. And they kind of realized that we knew a little bit more than um, about the Bible and religion and things like that. Um, and um, after many conversations, you know, and they found out that we were Seventh-day Adventists and their um, um, curiosity was, was um, opened up. One day, my neighbor, um, uh, one of the, the straw, comes up to me and he says, um, he says, you know, Eric, and he, this was in passing, he uh, comes up to me and says, you know, Eric, 
Um, I, I know you're Seventh-day Adventist, and I decided to look this up on the internet, and I'd like to um, sit down and talk with you one of these days about the Sabbath, why you guys believe it's Saturday. And I said, absolutely. And I was just getting home, and he was on his way out, and uh, we basically crossed paths. Soon thereafter, he ended up uh, moving from the area. And to me, that was a missed opportunity. And I was telling Dr. Lawrence last night, that just kind of really, to the day, eats at me inside that it was an opportunity that I should have taken, I could have taken. He approached me. It wasn't the moment, but I really should have gone up to him sometime that week and said, hey, when can we sit down and talk about things? And we didn't. And, um, you know, we just have to remember that no matter how busy we are, God has us in the place that we are for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I really liked what uh, Paul, you said that... Uh, you know, we can do all these altruistic things, but without that extra spiritual component where we present the Christ that we know, what makes us any different than the Red Cross or anybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, that brings us to this time, uh, the present day. So now I'm doing my residency training and I have the opportunity to be in a, in a uh, academic setting where we have a lot of medical students and PA students that come by. And I've decided really since that, that uh, missed opportunity with the Shaws, um, just to highlight that one, um, that I don't want these opportunities to be missed anymore. So um, I want to live my life where people know that I'm Adventist and when these opportunities present themselves, just basically kind of not overload them, but just be real direct about what we need to say. Um, so um, I'd just like to share one opportunity that we had. This uh, PA student, um, we'll call him Bob, um, came uh, one day and we were talking. He was, you know, they're, they're in, a, in a student role, so they, you know, there's a sort of hierarchy, especially in surgery, that you have to follow with respect and all these things. And one day we were sitting there having a conversation with another resident and, you know, he was saying things that were, I thought were a little bit out of line. So I said, well, you know, I don't really agree with that. And uh, apparently that appealed to this um, uh, PA student, a physician assistant student. So he starts kind of jumping in the conversation kind of on my side. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't an argument by any, by any um, uh, means, but it was definitely a conversation where morals and things were involved. And um, so this other resident had to leave, and it was just me and Bob. And we're sitting here talking, and um, that just really opened up the conversation. He starts asking me, well, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Really? Oh, well, wh- how, what's the, how's that different than any other um, Christian? I said, well... You know, going back to the Shaws, this is the opportunity. You know, he was going to be done with his rotation in about a week. Um, and I just thought, I'm going to tell him about the Sabbath. And so we just went and we ended up spending probably about 30, 45 minutes just talking. And I just told him about why we believe differently, that the, the Sabbath um, is probably the biggest point with Seventh-day Adventists. And then I just went ahead and talked about why the Bible says that this is the right, you know, time and how this is important. And, you know, it was, I think it was, you know, sometimes we get a little bit, anxious about being too direct with people because we don't want to offend them, and that's been my issue in the past. Um, but I just feel that sometimes we, if we present the Bible truth the way the Bible says it, we're not offending them. It's just what the Word of the God says, you know, Word of God says. And if they have any questions, well, they can go back to the Word of God and, you know, confirm or, or, or unconfirm that. Um, so I decided that after this conversation, I was going to also invite them not only to our church, but we were having a health expo. Um, Dr. Lawrence wanted me to just kind of bring some um, visual aids here, if you don't mind bringing them up, sweetie. Um, my wife actually was in charge of this health expo um, where she was able to um, lead out. Why don't you stay up here? Because I'd like you to share an opportunity that you had over here. <laughs> um, but these are just some brochures that we'll just, if you guys want to just pass them around. It's a brochure and a um, poster that we did for the health expo this sort of fell in her lap and we're not going to focus on this we did have a dentist there 
Um, he didn't really do dentistry things. Um, he actually did something more related to antioxidants, but um, it's definitely an opportunity that we were trying now to create. So we've had opportunities that are presented to us. We have opportunities that sometimes we miss. And now I believe in today's day and age, we need to create opportunities to um, spread God's message. And this is one that we try to create in order to kind of reach the community where we are. Um, we've heard all these wonderful presentations about international uh, mission trips, but I think that we all have the opportunity right where we are, or if we don't have them, we can create them. Um, during uh, the health expo, though, during this time, my wife was doing some translating um, in the community, and I, if you don't mind just sharing okay. two minutes of this. I had gotten invited by the, our Bible worker at church to assist, to help her out with the Bible study, and um, she said, you know, this lady, she can't read. She doesn't know how to read. Um, she came to the U.S. from Mexico. So um, if you could come with me every Wednesday when we do Bible study and um, you can read the Bible in Spanish and I'll read it in English and then that's how we'll do our Bible study. I said, sure, absolutely no problem. So the first day we went, I was so excited. I remember praying, you know, my mother-in-law is at home with us right now. So I was able to leave my daughter at home and I was like, oh, praise the Lord. You know, I have this opportunity to give a Bible study and I, I get to read the Bible to her in Spanish and our Bible worker gets to read it in English. When we got there, we start knocking and she wasn't home and I was so disappointed. I was thinking, Lord, you brought me to this point. You said, you know, that you'd be with us and you want us to evangelize, you want us to work for you, and now this person isn't home. How disappointing is this? As we were standing there talking, I told the Bible worker, you know, in that house right over there, I remember translating for this family. I'm a translator also for the intermediate school district for special education. So I get the opportunity to work with families um, that have children with disability. And um, I said, you know, I remember translating for them. And she said, you know, why don't we go over there? And I said, oh, sure, absolutely. So as we knock and, and we go inside and we start talking, um, she is now interested in Bible study. So although this person was not at home, we were able to go to someone else's home and uh, be witnesses for him. Thank you very much. So, I mean, if we, if we, we can take opportunities that are presented to us, um, hopefully we won't miss opportunities that we have, but we definitely need to try to create opportunities in whatever place, in whatever domain, whatever respect, whether that be dentistry, medicine, uh, friendship evangelism, what, whatever that is, um, I think we need to create opportunities. And I'd just like to finish with a quote um, that was once um, said, it's, uh, there is no such thing as a missed opportunity because if you don't take it, somebody else will. And hopefully we'll be the ones in the kingdom um, to be able to say that, you know, they were there because we took advantage of an opportunity that Christ put before us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Eric. And uh, as we bring it to a close, the challenge is ours that as God opens up the window of opportunity, as God opens the hearts of people to be receptive to his message, we have to be ready to present God's truth at all times. Because if we don't, that may be the last opportunity they have. And we don't want it to be said that we didn't take advantage of the given opportunity the Lord has for us. And I always say that if our life and our witness lacks power, we are misrepresenting the character and the mission of Jesus Christ. So we get that power through a relationship with him. 
because he said he will send us out as give us power to be witnesses to him, for him, in, into all the world. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and, and spirit of love and a sound mind. And so let's grasp the opportunity at all times to allow God to use us in a special way to impact the lives of others wherever we go and uh, so we can finish this work for God's kingdom. Well, ask Dr. Paul Yu to come up and give us closing prayer now as we close. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you've called us into your work. We thank you for life. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the skills that you've given us. We pray that we will never prostitute it for worldly gains. Lord, we pray that you will help us to, to use it for, for your work, that we may glorify you and we may honor you in all that we do. Pray that you'll be with us for the rest of the meetings, that you'll draw near us, that we may gain a blessing, that we may have a clearer purpose and direction in our lives. Pray for each one of us here, and we thank you that you can use us. For this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.